You are now tuned into the tomb of Jehovah. Play my tunes loud enough to shake the room. What's that hold up? Heard the world is in it soon. I assume that they told you they trying to dinosaur us. So now it's time to go up. This is the BSN Denver Buffs Podcast. Powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. The sky's falling, baby, drop that ass for a crash. The sky's falling, baby, drop that ass for a crash. The sky's falling, baby, drop that ass for a crash. The sky's falling, baby, drop that ass for a crash. Welcome into the BSN Buffs Podcast, coming from Deep Lake Street Tavern. As always, Jake Shapiro right here to my left. Ryan Konigsberg, and across the table from me, Ali Monroy. Lovely Tuesday afternoon here it's in downtown not that Denver. Lovely. It's like it's an cold awful day. And cloudy. I think it's raining right now. It's like rain, snow, so slush. It's messed up because it was beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful yesterday. for like a month. No, for like a month. So hear me out. Even yesterday. Okay. And then we start the summer podcast, and ever since then, it's been terrible on every Tuesday. Also, have you guys always noticed that we have this like territory? about this table and it's pretty much the only table in Blake Street Tavern that has like a messed up leg. Yep. If if so if you want to know what table we always sit at here at the Blake Street Tavern, it's the one if you walk in from the main entrance uh, onto the right third table second row right behind the uh, the pole here because it has an outlet. It's like one of the only few places in the Blake Street Tavern that has an outlet. They That's have not great true. The booth booths have outlets but like it'd be weird to sit at a booth and do the podcast like i can't move my arms or i'm moving my arms around i can't move my arms i don't around. know what to do with my hands <laughs> yeah um but like lots of beer lots of food not a lot of outlets here at the blake street tavern i gotta give good reviews I'm it's my outlet journalist. i would say but there is a safe outlet that you can check out later on in the show. Yes, but right now, Allie, i got to talk to you about uh, Addison Gillum, some news. Uh, I guess we kind of broke it. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know. I was the least breaking news headline of all time. Colorado football star takes a hike. I just could Such not, a good headline, I couldn't though. pass on that. I'm so sorry. Uh, a hike. But Addison yeah. Gillum what literally took a hike. I'm surprised when I saw his GoFundMe page is that he's already on the hike. He's 121 mile, miles in. Is that what he said? 180. Who knows how far he is now? Yeah, true. He's he's into the wild, so to speak. Um, is that about the? Uh, how do you pronounce the trail he's on, Jake? The Appalachian Trail. Allie? Appalachian. I say Appalachian too, but I wanted to say Appalachian because I knew she would say Appalachian. See, but I always thought it was Appalachian State. But the, no. like the Appalachian Trail. So it's Appalachian State, but it's the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah. Did you not take geography? I was the one school? who was just right about this, Allie. All I'm saying is, why were you questioning Appalachian Trail or Mountains? I wanted to hear which way you guys said it because some it's people Appalachian. Say, it's Appalachian. I. Yeah, whatever. Allie's from further east, so I'll take her word for it. Right, but like all the people that live in my part, uh, where I used to live, uh, we had to cross the a- Appalachian, so we, you know, like. We knew about it. Speaking of which, really good new band, uh, Delta Water Gap. That's a reference to the Appalachian Trail because that's one of the few gaps in the Appalachian, in the Appalachian Mountain Range. Uh, it's the Delta River Gap, and that's how some settlers got from the East Coast to the m- Middle America, and that's what they named their band after. In one of their songs, first lyric of the song is about Boulder. I've never heard of any mountains outside of the Rocky Mountains, Can and I've also only ever heard of books. You're so cultured. Oh, Thank my God. You. Thank you. Can we Himalay be you? Nas. I don't like that brand of yours. What? I've only ever heard of the Rocky Mountains. Only ever heard of Books brand. 
I've only ever heard of books. Only heard, ever heard of books brand is top brand. I think my favorite tweet of the week was Jake's tweet about how anyone can handle Ryan. You know I sent that to you because I knew you were with him <laughs> when oh, that happened. Oh, was she added in that? No, no, but I knew she was with you when oh. I sent that. So I was like, Ryan's going to read this and be like, point this to Allie. And like, that's definitely what happened. So I just wanted to like show some solidarity, solidarity for like him like being sending that tweet in the first him place. Him being him. That was an amazing tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to tell I was the listeners what your tweet was. Well, so like, obviously, I've never heard of anything but sports, and so when <laughs> I go books. or books, I've also heard of books in the Rocky Mountains. But uh, <laughs> like, I looked at the sign of PF Changs, and like, I just thought of PFM, so I just said I love Peyton fucking Changs, and people, re- it really resonated. With the local <laughs> audience that follows me on social media. It had three likes, and then I responded to it, and it got, like, eight more, so. The scary thing is, like, having someone whose response gets more likes than the Ridge, <laughs> and I was getting a little worried at one point. What was your response, Jake? Tell the listeners. You are insufferable. I don't know how anyone can tolerate you. For any amount of time. For any amount of time. And then Brandon Spano's tweet at you guys. <laughs> But like oh, I didn't that even was great. that was great. But like I didn't get like how that was mean. Like me and you would totally do that. But like I didn't you guys get how just that would plan like plan that type of thing. And you guys just like it's just. I don't so the video what, what what happened is, and if you haven't seen this, this is actually great. It's so um, great. There's like some fans sitting at home of like Texas A&M baseball, I think it is, and they somehow got the phone number to the bullpen, and they managed to get a reliever up and warmed up from their couch. By having the phone number to the bullpen coach, which is amazing, and it that was, is something they were Ryan and I were freaking out. It was so funny, and it, Brandon Spano. I feel like Brandon just said that because it just like reminds him of us, like just like scheming for something and then freaking out when it works out perfectly. Yeah, Brandon Spano, our CEO, yeah. tweeted, um, "If you're wondering what it's like working with Ryan Koningsberg and Chapelicious, here you go." And I re- had to retweet it because I know exactly that feeling. What's it like being active on social media, Allie? How's that feel for you? I'm active on a lot of social media outlets, Ryan. Sorry I don't participate in all of your Snapchat weird stories that are like seven minutes long. You've participated in half of them. Because you've only done two. Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of social media, Addison Gillum posted GoFundMe, which (laughs) is a social media, saying that he needed some funding for his trip down the Appalachian. God damn it. I don't know what it's called anymore. Uh, The trail, the hike there through 14 states uh, from Maine to, I think, uh, Georgia. And that pretty much disqualifies him as a football player because you cannot set up a GoFundMe account because it qualifies as impermissible benefits. You know, I was thinking about this, and more than that, this man's is going to lose a lot of weight. Like, you don't just get to, like, live in the woods for however long it takes to do that hike. I'm assuming him three months or so. You don't just get to, like, do that and then come back and be a football player He's going to lose, like, you see people that do this, they turn into, like, rail-thin people, so. Well, he also wants to be a firefighter after. That's what he has in the GoFundMe page, um, saying that after his hike, he wants to pursue firefighting, which clearly means that he's not going back to football. Literally, DJ Elliott was so lame that Addison Gillum would rather live in the woods than play football for him. So, you know what's hilarious? I listened back to the first podcast after DJ Elliott was hired uh, this week when we just were railing on him. And we knew about Addison Gillum leaving at that point. You know, it was like kind of a media secret that we weren't releasing because, you know, we wanted to – we didn't really have confirmation, but we all knew the story. And 
we talked about in that podcast how Elliott doesn't, doesn't say anything about Addison Gillum, possibly his best linebacker at the time. And we're like, he's talking about Rick Gambeau. He's talking about all these linebackers. He won't talk about Isaiah Oliver or whoever in this first press conference. But he talks about all the linebackers but Addison Gillum. Yeah, that was and really interesting. We're all like, you need to recruit Addison Gillum at this point. You need to be talking him up. Apparently, DJ Elliott never had that opportunity or never really took that Maybe he knew at that point he was already gone. Right. But, uh... Do you think Addison made a playlist called The Trail Mix? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, There's no coming back from there. (laughs) Why not? Go jump into the snow. No, it looks terrible out there. Addison Gillen's probably hiking through something similar to that right now. This is the reason why I feel like we should have a video feature of this so people can see okay. our reactions. Speaking of video features, I'm just We've wanted to do a video puns. podcast for forever. Why couldn't we get out. like why couldn't Addison Gillum have given us like a little update on this? Like we could have had him do a vlog from the trail for us. We should text him or something. I don't, I don't know if he has service. He posted he a GoFundMe. He has a GoFundMe page. Well, yeah, we could but email him. Like he had to probably like post it up at a Right, we could email well, him. He'll he said find he, a place. The GoFundMe page is purposely so that he can have some food. Coming soon okay, to bsndenver.com. Okay. When he stops and is looking for food and stuff, that's why he wants money for that. So clearly he's going to go stop at a town and get some food. So he'll be able to I picture For some reason, I picture him like in the game Oregon Trail. Like He has to stop at the Outfitters and like find more stuff for his trip. I mean, our summer content about? is so lame where, like, an Addison Gillum two-minute video update of Addison Gillum on a trail would actually be pretty interesting. Did you just say, what are you talking about? Yes. About Oregon Trail? You know what it is, right? You died of dysentery. Yeah. I don't. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, I'm anyway. just glad Jake's here because, like, I almost became old for a second. <laughs> As Drake says, never wash, but I'm not new. All right. Great motto to live by. Uh, but how does this impact the football team 12 minutes later? <laughs> Addison Gillum not being on it, presumably. I mean... I think they were already preparing for that. I mean, clearly DJ Elliott didn't talk about him. I feel like, like Ryan said, he kind of already knew. So at least from spring train or from spring camp and all that, they've kind of been preparing for that. So and Drew Lewis was the most improved linebacker this spring. Yeah, obviously compared to um, this fall, compared to last fall, we'll have to see the difference that is made without Addison Gillum. But at least from what they've been practicing, I feel like they are okay. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. I feel like every season since Addison's freshman year, we've been like, well, you know, you just have to prepare to ha- not have Addison Gillum and anything you get from his gravy. And it's really been that way. And the thing is, they got a decent heaping of gravy in the second half of last season. And you were finally talking about, oh, Addison Gillum. He looks back. He's, he's coming back to his form. I remember. Chase I wrote articles in back-to-back weeks about Addison looking good. Well, he, Mac- he was. Right. Well, McIntyre even started tearing up during a press conference. Shocker. About, <laughs> about um, the progress that Addison's made and how happy it makes him see um, that progress he's was making during games. Yeah, I think that um, we have to stop using uh, Mac crying as a monumental thing. Okay, I've it's never like, used that, it's like so a six. I don't. It's like a six on his. That was my scale. first Mac crying reference. Oh, I'm not saying you personally. I'm just saying like everyone. Like, well, Mac cried about this. It's like he also took a breath before he said that sentence. 
But anyways. He doesn't cry about everything. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He's a passionate guy. I'm a passionate guy, too, but I don't cry. He cries more than me like watching that. an emotional sports documentary every day. I really don't think that's true. He cries more than me, like, with certain moments of Garden State where I'm just like, oh, that struck a chord. I'm and that's, like, what really gets me. No, I don't think that's true. He doesn't – he does – like – all season, how many times did he cry? I don't know, but I started calling him Mike Mackin Crier. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> no, I think the um, I think I could count on one hand the amount of times he's cried. Okay, count. How many fingers do you have? <laughs> Let's try okay. this. Okay, all right. The CSU, CU. Um, You're my dream speech. Yes. You're my dream. Second only to I have a dream. <laughs> I might have um, to mash that up. <laughs> This Addison Gillum. Uh, what else, guys? Uh, you guys say he cries so much. Tell me where. When was the time he was crying? Oh, after the Oregon game on the field with the Pac-12 okay, yes. guy. Yeah. But he, that was a signature but win But it still for counts. Him. He's using one of the five cries there. Okay. Um, the Utah game, he cried. Okay. Um, We're at four now. Like, another time he gets a pass for it. Like, I'm not roasting him for this, but, like, he did cry when someone asked him about, like, how hard it was that year that his dad died and right. his mother-in-law died. We're not saying it's a bad thing. We're just saying that he cries a lot. But it's not like, yeah, you guys are saying it kind of no, in a bad not. way. No, like it's like him just breathing. That's legitimately okay, all what I'm saying is I've said. never once seen Nick Saban cry. Actually, a tear has never left his eye. I think it's a scientific Because it's a different cry. type of coach. McIntyre is a little bit more emotional. It's passionate. What does that say about his coaching style, Mike Allen? And you know what? I will say what it says about his coaching style. I don't – I think, honestly, and this is a ridiculous take, but it's – Oh, God. Let's go. Um, I think Summer pod. he's a little too emotional as a head coach, honestly. And he, and he gets guys moving and, and he leads a program or whatever. But we've talked about this before as – I mean, as a 20-year-old kid, I'm making fun of it as a 21-year-old a little bit. I'm poking fun at it. You come in as a 19-year-old or as a 20-year-old into this program and your head coach is crying once a week – how much respect do you think you're going to have okay, for that guy? Not I'm once just, a week, some of these first guys, of all. Some of these guys have come from very tough situations. I, yeah, but this, I feel like as I, if I'm coming in as a um, player and my coach is getting to a point where he's so passionate about something or the rise and how he played. And sure, he the first crying, time it's like, damn, that's, that's like, cool. Wow, but the second okay, time it's like, like that's play. I'll, I'll say this, and I just it's not I like know he this cries for, every week. for real facts. I've talked to players who said, I appreciate it. It shows how much he cares about me. It makes me feel like he is family to me. And I've talked to players who are like, bro, like, how is he so soft? So I think it's just finding the, the type of guys that that stuff resonates I with. I mean, I agree. I talk to a few players, too, and whenever I ask them about McIntyre, they say that um, they just don't know really what to say. And I say that he reminds me a little bit like a dad. And they say, exactly. So would you want your dad coaching your team? So a lot no. of them say no. Because and that's why they're not the biggest fan of McIntyre in some situations because they feel I understand like yeah he gets emotional and some people that doesn't resonate with but I'm just saying it's not like he cries every week. That's all I want to say. I'll say this also: no great coach has ever been loved by all the players all the time. Like their players roast their coaches every in around every corner. It's just it's like your boss like. Everyone, like, makes jokes about their boss behind his back. So 
and it's it's the yeah great, we make jokes about you behind your back. It, we do. Sure you do. It's <laughs> the it's the great coaches though that can take the roast, and that's the difference from talking to a guy who played in the NFL for a long time. He's one of our very good friends uh, in this business, Ryan. Um, we had a great conversation with him about this very subject, about being able to roast your head coach and being able to play around with your head coach. And this guy, I believe he won a couple – did he win a Super Bowl? I still don't know who we're talking about. McChesney. <laughs> McChesney. No, he didn't. Okay, well, McChesney had a very successful pro career with a lot of different head coaches what in a lot of different styles of coaches, whether that be uh, Mark uh, Mangini – uh, yep, yep, or yep. McDaniel's, and he said the biggest difference uh, between mm-hmm. the coach. You know what I'm talking about now. Yep. The biggest difference between the coaches that are great are the ones that are able to take that and be able to. Yes, they're the leaders of the locker room, and they have the respect, but they're able to fit in with the guys a little bit too. Yeah, and I feel like we can even share the story here. I probably play better over on the Broncos podcast, but he was telling a story of they were doing impressions, and they it was like a way to break up camp. And Mc- I have the audio. I could just play it. And McDaniels made a rule that no one could impersonate him. And it's like that's the type of thing that just ru- like it rubs players the, wrong- players the wrong way. And to be honest, I think McIntyre kind of comes from the well, I don't mean, be you guys did me. you guys did that once, didn't you? And in the during a media day, and everyone was like, ah, uh, right. We right. did both nah. buffs impersonating buffs, and we tried to get everyone to impersonate McIntyre. Mm-hmm. We got a couple, mostly uh, like sixth-year senior Jared Bell. He probably felt pretty fine about where he stood. We got Stefan Namebot, who like gave like a really half one. Like it was Wait, just kind of like. Which one was um, the coach? That what coach was it that was going to do it? And then McIntyre Clayton, walked out, and Clayton, he was like, Clayton, "Oh, never Clayton mind." Was thinking about doing it, and as soon as so you get the you get the uh, message there. I don't know if McIntyre is a guy who can take shit like that. Well, so I have a question. Is it the same thing about crying in that? Like, crying, being passionate as a coach, and being soft. Are those the same things to you guys? It no. comes, it, because it's I different, feel like but it comes across as it I can just, be interpreted as such. Yeah, I mean, I would never want a soft coach um, coaching the Eagles. I would be livid constantly. But I, to me, Peterson I don't Peterson seems kind of soft. Huh? Peterson seems Yeah, I don't soft. like Peterson, but I that's just, a whole other discussion. I think that you have – and McIntyre coach, and we've seen him at times do this, the sheer opposite, blow up at referees, blow up at coaches at the sideline. And he's a coach, and I think he'll get better, and he has gotten better as he's progressed as a coach. Uh, that's a little emotional. And that's, that's okay. You know, that's 100% okay. But I think to take it to the next level, you need to be – if you're going to be a Nick Saban, Nick Saban cut his offensive coordinator a week before the national championship game. That's cutthroat. That's not emotional decision. That's I think this can make my football team better. Yeah, and no, he did definitely. It. And well, I think and it's don't ever cross me. Right. And I think, you know, there were certain coaches that crossed McIntyre last year, and there are no secrets about that. And, yes, they made this football team better, and there probably wasn't a better option. But I don't think McIntyre is a guy that could make a decision like that to just cut part of his team like that right away. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, one of those guys that left – he really did say that, but I, that's not the way I, that came across to me. Well, I also am curious, as you guys have to take in consideration um, the season that they had. They were at the bottom of the Pac-12. No one thought they were going to do anything. Like, of course that brings emotions out. I can't even imagine. I mean, I don't know, but um, Coach Mack, when they were going through everything. There OG was emotion- Coach Mack? Yes, OG Coach Mack. When, Best phrase I've ever invented. When you go from not, like, no one expecting you to – 
be anything to having this rise, having this record and like just proving everyone wrong. Like I'm assuming next, like next semester, I mean, next year he's going to be a little different. I feel like he's not going to cry as much. It's like, he's ready for this. Like it's the next step. But I, after a season like this, like it was so emotional. Is that a bad thing then? Does that mean he's, he, he <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, he's seriously, it on her. seriously, is that a bad thing then? Is Does he complacent? Mean is he complacent? Is he not as emotional? Does that uh, impact his coaching at all? No, it just is with more experience. He went from, in my opinion, no, because he has just gained more experience. And so he doesn't feel like, it's not that he's not going to be as passionate. I just think there's going to be less times where he's crying. There's going to be less like, the Oregon game was such a significant win for that program. But does that, that like, have that less inspiration helped. on the program is what I'm saying because we've already seen that we've talked about the attitude. So does your head coach having less of that killer's mindset in the uh, we're the underdog's mindset rub off on the players as not having that same attitude next year? I think they're still considered underdogs. Yeah, they were great. But, I mean, I think they're still not like – who do you think in the Pac-12 like major – Look, every single I don't USC. think we're ever going to have to worry about Mike McIntyre losing his emotional itch. He's just an emotional person, and I think that's okay. But, like, he's going to – next season it's going to be Rick Gamboa. You ask him a question about it, and he's going to, you know, break down because he's going to say, you know, when Rick Gamboa first took the field, people said he's not a Pac-12 player, and now he's a captain of this football team. And I was there when, you know, uh, he broke up with his girlfriend – and he came into, into my office and whatever. You know, he's always going <laughs> to feel these emotional <laughs> connections. But the point is, I don't think you have to worry about that. You just have to recruit the type of player that that resonates with. I'll be honest. I wouldn't. It wouldn't be me. I wouldn't be the type of player who would want to go play for a coach like that. I would probably want to play for a more, I don't know. Just like a more of a hard ass. I don't know, like a, a tough guy. I would, I'd want to play for Vance Joseph over a Mike yeah. McIntyre. And if it's me and you, we're crying over Rick Gamboa's hair than he, we are uh, his story. Because that thing is, oh, God. I guess for me, separate, if I were like soccer, that's the sport that I played when I was growing up, I would want a coach that I could see the passion and that I wanted to play for and that I wanted to play my games for them to make them happy and make them proud like that. So I guess I'm the opposite. Um, not that I wouldn't want a hard ass. I just feel like. I don't know. I feel more personable with someone who is more emotional. Are you about to cry? <laughs> Your eyes are watery. That was so great. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I'm about to cry at the end of the segment about us talking about <laughs> criers. His eyes are all watery. <laughs> I'm so confused. Um, Jackson's Hole opened up in March of 1977 and quickly became oh, a wow. place for watching sports. Almost 40 years later, and Jackson's Hall American Sports Grill is keeping the reputation alive. There's 65 and 70 inch TVs everywhere. The food is still amazing, and there's almost 30 beers on tap, including table taps, that you can control at your own booth. Come down to Jackson's All-American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off Arapahoe and I-25, the original sports grill. We got on the topic of guys leaving. Really quick, really quick. I just want to talk a little bit about Blake Street Tavern. I don't think we've mentioned on this podcast that they're the National Sports Bar of the Year. I had a good transition, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> you just, like, were yelling mad about Jackson's, like, turning people's heads in the Blake Street Tavern. <laughs> I felt like we owed them a little All right. Here we go. Lake Street Tavern, the best sports bar in America. National Sports Bar of the Year by the Nightclub and Bar Association Awards in 2017. Our guy Chris Tussolet was down in Las Vegas this past week to accept the award. 
honestly so proud of them. Uh, we're so proud uh, as friends of the actual people and friends of the Blake Street Tavern. Uh, and we're really happy that we get to have the situation that we do with these guys. They take care of us, and we are so happy, and we could not be happier that they get the recognition that they do because they truly deserve it. There's no place, in, I mean, in Denver at least, that is like the Blake Street Tavern. This is the best sports bar in Denver. I go back to Chicago, and there's no sports bar quite like the Blake Street Tavern. There are Cubs bars, there are Bears bars, whatever. There are these bars. The Blake Street Tavern is a sports bar. It's not a Broncos bar. It's not a Rockies bar. It is the sports bar, and it's the best sports bar I have seen. It's the best sports bar in the nation, according to some. So. Well, for me, yeah, I came to the Blake Street Tavern for the first time last year for the first pod that I ever did and I honestly love it here um, I've never seen anything like this it's just so big so open it's so much fun to come watch come watch um, buffs games here or any sport actually while like back in DC I don't know very many um, Eagles bars so I don't really go to the Redskins bars because you know I don't want to be around Washington those people very team, much please. we're a politically correct lifestyle podcast okay Anyways. PC podcast. <laughs> That'd be a good podcast name. Um, anyways, we were talking about players that were leaving in Addison Gillum. Uh, Tori Miller. What What the hell was that? That was a good prank that worked on you is what it was. What happened with Tori I'm, Miller? I'm, I'm really, I'm like, so when you when everyone sees the scathing column on BSN Buffs next year about Tori Miller, it'll come back to this. Mm. So, I'm in the middle, we're, it's a day before, well, it's two days before opening day, so I'm losing my mind over here on Rockies content because I'm pumping out three to four Rockies articles a day right now with doing the regular buff stuff. And, like, in the middle of, like, me doing, like, this intensive research into, like, John Gray's curveball and how much it drops and all this crap, um, Tori Miller tweets out, leaving, you know, had a great three years at CU, blah, blah, blah. So I start texting people. Like, I'm on the phone for a half an hour while typing, texting people, like, is this true? Is this true? Is this true? Tad Boyle's at the Final Four. They're, so is their PR guy. So, like, I can't get in contact with anyone. So I, like, start writing <laughs> a story while I'm trying to get confirmation. And then someone texts, Ryan's like, this can't be real. I'm like, what do you mean, like, it can't be real? Of course it's real. He's like, dude, it's, it can't be real. I'm like, all right, well, that would be a really shitty thing to do. So, like, I don't run the story even though, like, if you see a guy tweet something, you're just going to run the story normally. So, like, I finally get confirmation that the thing isn't real. And I'm just like... Well, that was a gigantic waste of my time for 45 minutes while, like, it was, like, Friday night. Was it on April Fool's? Yeah, it was on April Fool's, but it's, like, Friday night, and I'm, like, trying to get my work done so I can have some fun. And I just, like, wasted 45 minutes trying to, like, figure out if Tori Miller was playing me. So uh, that was great. He was playing you. He definitely, I mean, I don't, one, I don't think it matters because it was, a, it was good and it was a prank that worked. But I don't think he realized, like, when he tweeted it, the, like, the ripple effect it would have. Like, Tad Boyle is at the Final Four <laughs> having to answer text messages that, like, it was a prank. Like, like you, Pat Rooney, like, a bunch of people are scrambling. Probably just you and Pat Rooney are scrambling. <laughs> it was me and to, Pat Rooney. To write an article about this. But I don't think he probably realized. Like, I think he was, like, pranking his friends and teammates. Right. But, like, then all, like, all of a sudden, like, Tad's getting texts from, like, right. me and Pat Rooney. Like, oh yo, is Tory Miller leaving? And he's like, wait, what? No. <laughs> It's like, you better not be because we already don't have any post-presence right, next basically. year. We, he's the best thing we have. Basically. Um, um, something just happened, so I'm going to talk about it. Uh, guys, don't ever look at a girl and just lick your lips and just not stop staring at them. It's the most uncomfortable thing in the whole entire world. It just happened to you? Yes. 
I, guy just, I was eating, <laughs> The guy literally just walked by, kept his eyes on me the whole time as he, like, licked his lips in such a weird way. And just, like, even all the way to the back, like, to pass those um, booths right there, he was still staring at me. I mean, one of CU football players, best players, best move is that move. No, it's Never so lick your lips. It's just, like, a f- good thing to, to it's do. Is licking your lips worse than a wink, alley? Oh, I don't know. We're, we'll, it depends we'll both on try the it wink. On you. Here. It depends we'll both on try the it on wink. It's not. <laughs> it depends on the wink. Winks are creepy. But it's just like the, like, oh, it's like, do you need chapstick? I will get yeah, you some I'm chapstick. Right exactly. Like, it just is so uncomfortable. It literally was like you could see just saliva. So just, guys, I'm just giving you a little tip. That's not attractive. Don't Tips do it. Let's do this once a week. Tips. I, I mean, will. I think most, I mean, most of our listeners are guys. They probably need it. I mean, yeah, I need it. Hitting on girls tips from I was texting Allie last night help do- for help. The do's and don'ts. God. Um, anyway, what else we got today? We've got the weird sirens in Boulder. Uh, yes. Oh, wait, 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 We actually have more news Real first stuff? before we get to weird sirens in Boulder. Did you lick your lips back at him as he walked <laughs> by, Ryan? I couldn't get his <laughs> attention. Because that would have been amazing. Sir. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna have him on as a guest. Why? Do you, you think lippy, licking your lips at someone is okay? I, that would be funny, Allie. That's good I'm podcasting. I'm legitimately about to smack you on? in the face. He's Stop! Right here. I'm leaving. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Allie's face Stop. is so red right now. That's so uncomfortable. <laughs> no. I'm just confused what Mayans was doing. Like he walked in, licked his lips while looking at Allie. Stop. And then just walked to the back and oh then came God, back, I walked to so the front, and left. He put on his leather jacket and then left. I'm so uncomfortable right now. I hate both of you. Allie, he's gone. It's okay. Speaking of uncomfortable, do you think it's going to be uncomfortable at all for Tad Boyle to face off against Rodney Billups? They're back on the schedule. Do you pioneer? Do you renews that rivalry? <laughs> <laughs> that was, I actually got scared. That was awesome. Anyways, anyways, yeah, um... Jake, I think you and I were both there when Rodney left, and we sat there and asked Tad Boyle, do you envision yourself playing against Rodney at any time? And he said, I will do anything to help Rodney. And I thought that was really, really, really cool of him. Because it's not often that you, you know, not every head coach out there has a coaching tree. And now Tad Boyle has a coaching tree. Uh, It's a small one. But it's there, and I think it's more of a coaching bush at this point than right. A it's a it's a coaching twig. It's a coaching twig, but it's cool for Tad, and I think he wants to be able to help his guy uh, get to the next level. And so, if playing Colorado helps recruiting for Denver University, then Tad's going to do it. And it sounds like Rodney made the determination that playing Colorado will help him. Now, it's a little scary for Tad because I think the only way it really helps DU is if you beat Colorado and you can say, "Look, wh- look at what we're doing. We can." We can take those guys. Why don't you come play for us? Because, like, most of DU's players are from Colorado, and they've played in the Coors Event Center before. I mean, a lot of high school kids play in the Coors Event Center. I played in the Coors Event Center even, and I was terrible at basketball. (laughs) Anyway. uh, That's so cool. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I hit two straight half-quarters, half-court shots at Coors Event Center, and I literally was like, I'm never playing basketball again. That's so cool. That's how I stopped playing basketball. I wish we had the opportunity, like, in, like, where I grew up, like, we had the the opportunity. That's awesome. Uh, That's like such a cool experience. Ryan, you'll like this. Ca- what's that place called um, in Philadelphia? That really cool. The 
the God uh, with like the eight teams that play there. The yeah. Matt starts like I don't know. Allie, you're supposed to be our resident Philadelphian. I moved from Philly when I was 12 years old. It's called the Magistra, right? Something like the that. Magistra or something. The Palestra. The, the Palestra. Palestra. <laughs> There's uh, King of Prussia. What? What? <laughs> it's a mall. Um, Sorry. Anyway, really do you want to know how frazzled. my baseball career ended? Because you just found out about my basketball career. How? Junior junior year of high school. This is before I complete. Like this is like so. This is before. This is when I before I. Uh, so after I hurt my arm, but before I knew how bad it was. So like I didn't stop playing yet. So like this was right at the end of the season. We're in the state playoffs against Fairview, Boulder Fairview at Scott Carpenter Park. Um, playing. I just went there for the first time. Pretty park, great park. Yeah, it's cool. One of the best parks in Boulder. Uh, we should actually do that. Bring back the comprehensive park rankings. We had that the. Oh, we're gonna have to bring that back. Ranking parks. Um, I'm playing right field. I threw a guy out, uh, and like obviously we're all friends here uh, between the Fold Boulder Fairview kids because you're playing against these guys all your life. I'm up to the plate. There's two outs in the ninth. We're down one run. There's a guy on first. Uh, I strike out on three pitches, and that was the last ever at bat I had in high school baseball against Fairview in the state playoffs. They they won that game, then won the next game, and won the state championship. I have one thing to say. Two words. Go Knights. What? Go Knights. My basketball career ending um, time was when I was the backup point guard for a girl who, Marta Sneezik, she got recruited to Stanford as a sophomore in high school. I was her backup point, point guard. And let's just say I never really played and then I just lost complete interest and she would come out and then I would have to go in and I just had, I could not compete with her and it was just awful. So that was the last time I played basketball. Nice. All my careers are active. I'm an athlete. Uh, anyways, the rest of Colorado's non-conference schedule in basketball, they'll play Northern Colorado. Uh, they renew that rivalry. Uh, they're playing their final game of a four-year contract or in a third game of a four-year contract with Air Force. They've also got New Mexico on the schedule, home and home, which will be really fun. They just fired their head coach, but of course that's one of the best basketball programs ever, and we might get an opportunity to go down to the pit maybe. We'll take a road trip down there. Who knows? Uh, CU also plays Portland in a final year of a 3-2-for-one agreement. Uh, Xavier out in Xavier to finish that one-and-one. University of San Diego was announced today. That's a home and home. And then there's the Paradise Jam as well out in the Virgin Islands, which includes Wake Forest, Houston, Quinnipiac, Drake, Drexel, Liberty, and Mercer. So uh, Tad Boyle seems like he's putting together quite a good non-conference schedule once again. Yeah, I mean, he figured it out after that year that they got snubbed because of how terrible their their non-conference schedule was and their RPI, of course. And... Now he's kind of figured out the formula. Now, again, you have to be a good team or else you end up underachieving in that non-conference schedule like this year, and it sets you back. But Tad Boyle definitely has the system in place for what you need to set up in a non-conference schedule to have success and eventually go on to the tournament. All right, uh, so that's that take. Uh, Allie, talk about the weird sirens in Boulder that woke us both up from naps yesterday. Um, there was a weird siren in Boulder yesterday at six, at like around six thirty, and there was it wasn't a test because usually they say like warning this is a test. No, the sirens just went off. It was like a tornado siren, and it woke me up. I like went upstairs to my roommate and I was like, "What are we about to die?" Because 
Fun fact about me is I'm completely and utterly terrified of tornadoes. If I were to see one, I'd just break down and start immediately crying. Um, and she's just like, I have no idea. We went out on our balcony and everyone was out on the streets. Everyone was on their balcony. Everyone was looking at each other like, what is, what's going on? Like, there was people being like, is it aliens? Like, is it a tornado? Like, honestly, I think I saw around 17 people outside on Grandview and Broadway just not knowing what was going on. And it went on for a solid, like, four or five minutes. So if you knew what happened, let me know, because I totally thought... We were about to die, and it was a tornado. But the sky, like, there was only one area that was pretty dark, but it was so loud, and there was no warning or anything like that beforehand, and no one tweeted about it. So I was just, I was really confused. And that's that. Now, don't get it twisted. Allie is afraid of tornadoes. <laughs> Twist her. I barely know her. <laughs> okay. Um, so we don't know what happened there. It also woke up me from a nap. Really, uh, this was being brought just in case anyone knows what happened yep so Usually let Mitchell me know Byers if you know what happened and why that tornado sound happened so my, my I parents was so scared always text me like there's police outside do you know what's happening in boulder i just go to mitchell byers twitter timeline i'm like no. i went or and there yeah. was nothing going on he tweeted nothing mitchell byers is like i expect him to tell me everything like <laughs> right like if i have like a cut on my <laughs> leg i like check mitchell byers timeline <laughs> to see if he like knows if there's there is like a side <laughs> serial side swiper in Boulder. Yeah. Um, okay, this is another good podcast topic. Uh, when will Dippin' Dots become the ice cream of the present, Ryan? I believe Dippin' Dots is already the ice cream of the past. So is the ice cream of the future? You just said it before the podcast. It was the present. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> so Dippin' Dots was the ice cream of the past before it was ever the ice cream of the present because it was always the ice cream of the future. Yes. It went directly from ice cream of the future to ice cream of the past. They could like say there's a big dip in their sales. <laughs> <laughs> You're not funny. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? They both look at me like waiting for me to react. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> both of you. There's no need to scream. She dotted that pun out. It's just got bad. The first it's one was good. It's always been bad. But she's always she's always good. ice creaming about our puns. I already made that pun. Oh, there's no need. Okay, I got that. I didn't hear that the first time. Um, okay, what else we got? Uh, oh, this one comes from our buddy Andrew Hobner, a uh, good friend of the brand, of uh, my brand, and he asks, what exactly is Shap's brand? Uh, I, do you guys want to explain what my brand is? What, what I don't does think my I brand know fully what your you have a lot of different areas of your brand. But like BSN Rockies just fall is following like fifty billion people right now. That's <laughs> how we get followers. <laughs> we don't need to do that on the buff site. <laughs> um, it's just going crazy right now. So uh, how does my brand look to you guys? Like what is my brand according to the public? Rally. Um, I I'm gonna go to Ryan for that to answer that. <laughs> Jake, why don't you help us out here? <laughs> I know what my brand is, but no, not. So tell us what your brand is. What's up? Uh, local celebrities in the house on the BSN Buffs podcast. A uh, couple. But anyways. Who are they? Uh, local celebrities, like you guys. Oh, yeah. We are local celebrities. We're friends of the program, actually. <laughs> um, anyway, we've got, oh, my brands. Never heard of books. Of 
course. That's a great brand. Or only heard of books. Only heard of books. No, uh, not your brands. What is your like, brand? It's like, what is my brand? Like, like, what is the point of your brand? What's your mission statement? My <laughs> mission statement is, like, um, like, drinking college kid that really likes sports and is trying to make a name in journalism. I think that, yep. that, that probably is, fits my motto there. Uh, Ali, was that you who was saying that someone recently told you that people take sports too seriously? Um, no, not someone who told oh, you. Oh, you were watching video something, that yeah. I watched, yeah. I think a lot of the brand is, like, covering sports without taking it too seriously. Yeah. yeah I mean, I that's watched, I mean, I watched watched me both of us. Yeah. I watched a video that was talking about how um, before a few people, sports journalists and the new like, sports news was just so – serious and so strict and it just you had to follow this exact regimen and um now it's open to having humor people want personality people want to get to know you um they don't want someone who's just going to read off a teleprompter and be plain they want someone who's gonna be loud is gonna be obnoxious someone like that and so it's really opened the doors for like humor in sports and personality rather than just a normal news Caster. I mean, if you want to look, and we know, I know we lay into them a little bit, but they're just doing their jobs. If you look at the daily cameras coverage of the Buffs compared to our coverage, I mean, it's basically what sports is with personality and having fun uh, compared to just the old school reporting the of fact. And that's fine. Like, I get a lot of my news from Buff Zone. In fact, I just wrote, rip, uh, read one of their stories about the basketball season. Like, I mean, the stuff that – I mean, they, I they do a good job right. reporting. Like, they do a good job reporting, but I just – what – why do it if it's not fun is what I've always been told about sports, and that's the way I want people to consume sports because you're only doing it because it's fun. I put this in an article the other day. I was writing a Broncos article, and uh, towards the end of the season, I asked one of the Broncos when they were out of it, like he just always had a smile on his face. I was like, how do you always have so much fun? And he's just like, football is a really fun game, and as soon as you lose that, it just becomes a really hard job. Now, I wouldn't say if you lost the fun, our, all of a sudden our job would become a really hard job because – it's still covering sports. But anytime you can make fun of things, um, not in the literal roast sense, but turn things into something that's fun for you, it's just going to be a better experience for everyone. So I think that's the people who open the door for, you know, being able to have personality in your coverage. And, and I think Twitter makes a big difference there where you can kind of let people into who you are and show them a little bit of your personality in there. It makes everything a lot more fun. Like, a lot of places out there are expecting you to, you know, if, if you work for a certain company, they want you to only be tweeting about the buffs if you're covering the buffs. And I think the cool thing is we're not always going to tweet about the buffs. I just tweeted a dead bird. Exactly. R.I.P. Yeah, the people that deal who follow me on Twitter, um, AliMonter11, if you were wondering, <laughs> um, I tweet sometimes oh, about wow. the Eagles. Nice and. I, so I tweet sometimes about the Eagles and y'all that stick with me and get a little frustrated during the season yeah. with them. Um, I've gotten better about not tweeting about the Blackhawks. So. Yeah, I've gotten better too. Um, Ryan was like, a lot of people don't care about your Eagles tweets. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I guess that's true because the majority of my followers are Buff fans. Um, but those who stick with me and favorite my tweets because they understand my struggle – I appreciate you. No one understands the struggle more than Buffs fans. <laughs> and no one understands the struggle.
quite like journalists because we like to complain a lot. Speaking of which, I've got to go travel all the way back up to Boulder from the lovely Blake Street Tavern. So we're going to wrap up this podcast now for Ryan Koningsberg, Ali Monroy. I'm Jake Shapiro. Uh, always come down to Blake Street Tavern. Come down here Friday for opening day. It'll be a blast. Friday in Lodo uh, is one of the best days of the year. Opening day should be a holiday in Denver. Uh, it basically is. Sorry we couldn't get Will's questions about him basically uh, giving himself an ego. Stroking his ego. Yeah. Uh, so, Will, we'll talk about that next week if we want to. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Anyways. Well, I mean, we don't have that much to talk about. So we're, not, we're not talking about Will. <laughs> this, this is enough. All right. We'll talk to you uh, next week on the BSM Buff Podcast. Bye, guys. We're all going to die anyways. What's the difference if you're dying eating this food or not? This mic is too cold for my preference. Um, Actually, the mic is hot. So it is hot right now and cheers.